Thank you, David. Um, you only had two verses with all those difficult names. Next time we'll give you Matthew chapter 1. Um, I, th- I think I've got it right. I'm sure somebody will correct me uh, either now or later that it's Christmas. Oh, sorry. I knew somebody would correct me. On, on, on the radio this morning as I was coming uh, into church, the presenter was saying that now we're into December, um, Christmas starts from now. I thought Christmas started on the 1st of January this year, just after we'd finished last Christmas. But I may be wrong. The European Union has produced a document which they've now had to withdraw because they've been trying to airbrush Christianity out of Christmas. So they don't call it Christmas, they call it the holiday period. And they've gone one stage further. They've also recommended that the names that are typically associated with a particular religion, for example, and they use Christmas and Christianity as their example, for example, Mary and John should no longer be given to babies who are born. M&S are in trouble as well because one of their charity Christmas cards has airbrushed Happy Christmas and it's put in Merry Pig Mass because Percy the Pig apparently is one of their mascots. There's been an outcry against that and rightly so. In fact, one lady, she simply said Christmas is the celebration of Christ nothing else so this morning we're going to consider the Christmas story let's just pray before we come to look at it because Lord we want you to speak to me to speak to us so that what you say to me to us may be different for each of us but there's something this morning that you want to say to us please help us to listen and to do in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing to say is that the Christmas story is rooted in history. That list of people that David read to us, we've got an emperor, Caesar, cruel and very severe in his attitude towards people. We've got Pilate, the governor, who was brutal in massacring the Jews, particularly in the region of Judea. We've got three tetrarchs. A tetrarch is somebody who's responsible for the fourth area of the total area. Herod, Philip, Lysanias. But they were corrupt and cruel. And then we've got two high priests. Oh, wonderful. No. Annas and Caiaphas, the two high priests, were corrupt. They were more interested in politics than they were in serving God. These leaders represent the then known world, the the, the regional lands, the, the political scene, the economic scene, 
and, and the religious landscape. Powerful leaders, but corrupt, including the religious leaders. Now, we know from what Luke has given us in that historical account, we know that, that this was written about A.D. 27-29. And the Christmas story is rooted in that history. It's not some once-in-upon-a-time happy-go-lucky story. It's rooted in history as a true story. Bring this up today. Just think of the last 12 months. We've had the G7 the leaders of the G7 nations. I'm not quite sure how you become part of that club. And then you've got the G20. And then you've got the European Union, who are really united, aren't they? Not. And then you've got COP26, two weeks in Glasgow with thousands and thousands of people. And at the end, suddenly, there's a document that's been signed and probably put in a drawer and forgotten about. And then you've got the rest of the world. And then you've got the church. Men and women. Powerful men and women. Influential men and women. But there's corruption. There's lawlessness around the world. Bring it up to date. When Jesus and Matthew, Mark and Luke all record this, when Jesus was talking about the future times, this is how he described it. He talked about wars and rumors of wars. He talked about nations against nations. He talked about kingdoms against kingdoms. He talked about brother betraying brother and a father betraying his child. He talked about children rebelling against their parents. He talked about nations in anguish and perplexity, people fainting from terror. He talked about apprehension of what was going to happen in the world. He talked about earthquakes, famine, pestilences. We're in the middle of one, aren't we? He talked about an increase of wickedness. But, Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. The Christmas story is rooted in history. History past and history yet to be made. Secondly, the Christmas story is rooted in the Bible. What did we read? The word of God came to John in the desert, in the wilderness. Not to any of these leaders, but to John who was in the wilderness. And if you go back in the Gospels, you'll read what his clothing was. M&S would be proud of him, I'm sure. And his diet. Well, the M&S food department would be even more pleased. I don't know that they sell wild locusts, but never mind. And here is John, a New Testament prophet. There hasn't been a prophet since Malachi about 400 years before. Why 400 years of silence from God? I don't know. God knows. 
But here comes John. And as the Old Testament leads up to the Christmas story, we read time and time again, if you go through the prophets, you read this phrase, the word of the Lord or the word of God came to... If you don't want to read the rest of the prophecy because it's not easy to read, just go to the first two or three verses of each and you'll see that the word of the Lord came to and then names the prophet in the reign of. So for Jeremiah, it was in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah and through the reign of Jehoiakim down to the fifth month of the 11th year of Zedekiah when the people of Israel went into exile. That's rooted not only in history, but it's in the Bible. It's rooted in the Bible. The Old Testament is the lead up to the Christmas story. You can't have the New Testament without the Old. Same is said to Hosea during the reign of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah. The word of the Lord came to him. You can read the historical setting of the other, of the other prophets. So many of them looked forward to the coming of the, of the, of the Messiah, to the coming of Jesus. And there are specific prophecies in Isaiah and in Malachi about John, who's in the wilderness. Isaiah 40, John is spoken of as preparing the way for the Lord. Now, that was a custom in the Near East, that if the king was coming, then he would send people in advance to prepare the way, to smooth out the rough places to level the rough places, or in today's parlance, to fill in the potholes. When I was teaching in Croydon, we, we, um, it was about this time of the year, it was in November, um, we discovered that the Queen was coming to open the Jubilee Gardens in, in the centre of Croydon. And, and our school was right on the edge of the flyover that took, would have taken her into Croydon. Uh, my lab technician was a reserve policeman, so he had a radio. And, and uh, so he couldn't find out where she was. Uh, the headmaster decided that the whole school would go out and line the pavement so that as the, Her Majesty the Queen drove past, we could all do the royal wave. So we went out, and it started to snow. And Paul came up to me and he said, um, she's going to be late. <laughs> right. So, one of us brave teachers went back into the head teacher, who by this time had gone back into the warmth of his office, and said, she's going to be late. So we suggest we bring the... No, 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 they stay there. Okay. So with cold feet, wet clothes... We waited. And then suddenly Paul says, she's at the bottom of the road. She's just past the station. So she's on her way up. Great. So kids, get ready to wave. Well, the driver obviously realized he was 20 minutes late. So he put his foot down on the accelerator. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Has she come yet, sir? Yes, yeah, she's gone as well. So that wasn't the best preparation that the school could give to Her Majesty the Queen coming into Croydon. But in the old days, that's exactly what happened. They would, somebody would go in the advance party to prepare the way, to smooth the way, to make the rugged places plain. And that's what John was doing. He was going to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. 
And in Malachi, we read this of John. I will send my messenger, God said to Malachi, who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come. He's on his way. He's not late. He's coming at the appointed time. When Zechariah, John's father, uh, he sang a song after John was born. It's in Luke chapter 1. You can read the whole song. But this is what he said. You, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. The Christmas story is not only rooted in history, it's rooted in the Bible. Every time someone comes up to read whether it's in the church or in here or in Leminster or many, many churches, every time they finish the reading, they end up by saying, this is the word of the Lord. Do I believe that? Or do I just say it because it's part of the routine? This is the word of the Lord. So the Christmas story is rooted in history, but it's rooted in the Bible. John took the word of God around the countryside of Jordan. And he preached a baptism of repentance. He preached to the Jews that they should be baptized to say that they were following the Messiah. He preached to the Gentiles who said we want to become a Jew because we realize that Jesus is a Jew and therefore we want to follow him. So John was preaching this baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and the public demonstration of that change of a life. Bring that up to date. We too have a responsibility to take the word of the Lord into our communities. To share with them the good news of the gospel, to share with them the need for repentance, and to share with them the fact that once we've repented and come to faith in Christ, we show that we declare that publicly in baptism. We've got the privilege this year. Flix uh, Gillett has written a brilliant The Christmas Story comic, and we are going to send it out to 2,500 children in our local primary schools. And it's the Christmas story. So we can pray that the word of the Lord, through that means, will come to the children and their families. So the Christmas story is rooted in history. The Christmas story is rooted in the Bible. And finally, the Christmas story is rooted in hope. Hope is in short supply today. We hope there'll be an end to the pandemic. We hope there'll be an end to the violence that's being perpetrated in our schools. Did you see that a a child in Manchester was taking an exam and another young person, a 14-year-old, walks into the exam room and knifes this kid in the neck? The shootings in America. We hope that it'll stop. So where is the hope in the Christmas story. It's here when John says all people will see God's salvation. That's the message of hope because that's the message of Christmas because it's the message of a king who came as a baby who grew up 
to die on a cross for my sins and yours, who rose again from the dead, who ascended back to heaven, and one day he's coming back. What for? He's coming back to get his people back up to heaven. And that's the hope. There are so many voices clamoring for our attention. But there's only one voice that brings hope which lasts forever. And that hope is given us in Jesus. He came to earth from heaven as a king. And one day he's coming from heaven to earth as a king. To take his people, all those who've trusted him as Lord and Savior. All those who've accepted the gift of hope in Jesus. And all those who've done that will go back to heaven with him. Sadly, not all people will accept this offer. So when Jesus comes again, they'll be left behind. You and I are preparing to celebrate the coming of Jesus at Christmas. Are you celebrating the fact that one day this king is coming again? For you? Only if you've put your trust in him as saviour and accepted the word of the Lord which is God's salvation. Let's pray. Lord, in the stillness, whatever you want to say to us, help us to listen. Help us to understand that This is the word of the Lord. And I pray, Lord, today that everyone who hears your word, not just here, but around the country and around the world, that many, many people, children, young people and adults, will come to know the Savior and look forward, not just to Christmas, but look forward to the day when Jesus comes again. Amen.